1: FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty with uh, some exciting news, especially West Shreveport. Um, Justin Dixon, president and CEO of the North Louisiana Economic Partnership on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Justin, good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Aaron. How are you guys?
1: Well, we're doing very well. Mm -hmm. Excited about uh, a lot of things happening in Shreveport, and this sounds like a... Some more good economic news for our area. Tell us what's happening with the GM plant.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So you saw the announcement yesterday. Uh, ThyssenKrupp is, is joining our ecosystem, uh, and they are going to be taking up 600,000 square feet out there doing supply, supply chain logistics uh, operations. And we're excited. It, it adds to... The steel industry that we have that is continuing to grow in the Shreveport, Bozier, North Louisiana area, uh, with companies like Bittler Steel, uh, like Turnium, like McElroy Metals, uh, we're building that cluster that says, hey, we're a, we're a metals fabrication type town and, and hopefully this will just continue to give us opportunities to grow. It.
3: What does this and Krupp do?
2: Uh, they do a lot, uh, uh, across all spectrums of metal, metal production, and in this case, metal supply chain, so uh, they will be uh, they will be storing, warehousing, distributing uh, heavy heavy metals.
1: Now we know the uh, GM plant has about three and a half million square feet of uh, space available. or is is it Thyssen? Is that how you pronounce that? C- correct. correct. Thyssen, Krupp, are, are they going to take over the entire facility?
2: No, so th- this is what we're really excited about. You know, everybody has, thinks they has an idea of what's going on at Jim, but, but maybe we'd all don't. There, there's three different buildings. You have A, mm-hmm. B, and C. A, B, and C are in really good shape. That's the ones that ha- houses the U.S. Postal Service and Globus and a few others. Uh, and this is building C. This was the old paint shop. If you drive out there, this is the less attractive building and uh what irg is going to be doing and by the way they've been a good partner on this
0: uh they're
2: going to be rehabbing that facility they have committed to to sprucing it up putting a new roof on it putting paint on it and um it's a little over a million square feet uh correct me if i'm wrong but it's about that and this incredible will be taking about six hundred thousand. so in essence, we will we will get a new partner out there, but we'll also be creating some better product out there. That's what I'm all about. How so many, we can go how over time. How
3: many jobs, Justin?
2: That has not been solidified yet. It is not a huge job creator, uh, but that has not been solidified yet. So we'll have to wait and let them come up with that when it's finished.
3: How much are they planning to invest locally, This ThyssenKrupp?
2: We don't know. So in the facility uh p- probably five to ten million but that's that's just a guess because they're still doing some engineering in there on what needs to be done to uh upgrade that facility uh but something in that range
4: the,
3: the, the news release I'm sorry they says that they are on the cutting edge of renewable energy that sounds a lot different from what you describe them doing um <laughs> is it is it uh um, we don't know really I mean really the answer
2: well we we don't know at this point who their customer going to be uh we, we haven't been given that information and that will come out in time but uh the, in the metal spectrum they have all kinds of clients and uh it, it just about it's kind of like everybody's in technology now everybody's in that spectrum um they have clients that are they're producing different materials uh in that sector and, and i'm sure we'll roll that out in time
1: Now we know we don't know the number of jobs. Do you know what type of jobs that are going to be available out there?
2: So this is this is materials handling. This is this is a distribution supply chain type
1: operation. So So it's not manufacturing. It's going to be distribution. Correct. Okay. Correct.
3: When when will they be up and fully operational? What's the hope?
2: Well, as soon as possible is always the hope, right? Yeah. uh, you they're going to have to rehab that facility, but I, I can tell you they're itching to get in there. Uh, I would imagine there will be there'll be some movement in there before the building is complete, uh, but definitely by the end of the year.
1: We're talking with Justin Dixon, president and CEO of NLEP.
3: Let me ask you a question that everybody's going to say. <laughs> I mean, we all had high hopes, too, when we heard the, the E word. And um you you know that. I mean you weren't here at the time, but you know, Elio Motors was promising us the moon and we got we didn't even get any moon dust. <laughs> uh, got um, mooned. How yeah we got <laughs> thank you, Justin. Very good. Wow he's got gold star jokes. right there. Um we did. How could could this turn into an Elio Motors?
2: No. Look up Fitz and Drop. Uh, they're a massive company. They, they would not have put out a press release if they were doing anything or agreed to it. Uh, so this is nothing of the sort like that.
3: Well, I looked on their website on jobs, and there's nothing for Shreveport yet. So that's a little early I then, I guess.
2: Correct. And what we'll do is, uh, as that information, you know, starts to roll out, we'll be more than happy to come and sit down with you and and share with you a little more and and share with you some other things that we have going on in North Louisiana.
1: I know Aaron asked you about a time frame. Any idea uh, of of what they have planned on on coming in? I know there still needs to be rehab on the building, but have they got plans yet?
2: Right. So they're in the process of working that through with IRG and IRG's uh, team. Uh, It's just going to take a while. If you saw that building uh, from the inside, you'd realize it's it has some rehabbing, some work to do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, they'll, they'll jump on that immediately. They're already working on that with IRG's design team and, and engineering team and construction team. Uh, and I would imagine you'll start seeing stuff move out there pretty quickly.
3: Okay. Do you have, you, you have a lot of lures in the water. Do you have any fish, other fish nibbling that you can give us hints about?
2: We're always fishing. We're always getting nibbles. You know how that is there. It's the cloak and dagger type, type business. And unfortunately it just, it needs to be, um, because these projects not over till they're over. Um, you know, we, we had one this year that we were the consultant's recommendation to the company. We were the in-house consultant's recommendation to the company. In the end, uh, it just didn't work out. So you have to keep fighting, or keep fishing until it's not just in the boat, all the way to the bank and in the kitchen.
3: I know, I know you. Oh, in the frying pan, yeah. I know you. um, I know you follow these things closely. What I'm going to ask you one good question and one bad one to follow it up. What is the best thing we have going for us, and what is our biggest hurdle?
2: So the best thing that we have is we have the infrastructure in place you know we have the two interstates we have the waterway which for two and a half hours from dallas which is a lot of people so if you want to make something this is where you want to make it you want to take it over there so we're in a great spot uh we have the training facility our our training and workforce training system here is second to none uh but um so your your second question was you know what our biggest challenge is i guess uh Mm -hmm. Is getting people to know where we are. Uh, I've said it from the get-go. You know, a lot of people think when they hear Louisiana, regardless of where you are, they hear New Orleans. Mm. And so we're out there every day changing minds and changing ideas about where North Louisiana is. Uh, And we're having success, and I expect us to have continued success.
1: You you bring up a great point, Justin, about uh, people don't realize uh, the potential that Shreveport has. Uh, Could the current administration do things better? Can you guys do things better? What can we, you know, what can be done to help sell Shreveport?
2: Yeah, you know, the answer to that is we can all do better every day. And that's what both myself and my team, we wake up every morning trying to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in the administration, you know, the governor's been supportive of us. When we've had projects, uh, he's been supportive. Uh, LED's been supportive. The port's been supportive. Um, BRF, you know, we're working together. I think the main thing we've got to do, and if you ever hear any of those entities talk, we're – we have to continue to work together. And I don't feel like maybe we've done that in the in the best way in the past. Uh we are doing that now, uh, at a very high level. You know, I speak to John George and Eric England on a weekly basis. Um I speak with Rocky on a weekly basis. Uh we're all working together because that's what it's gonna take to pull us where we wanna go.
1: 7 FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. Oh man, Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. What uh, are you, we, Erin? You,
3: you need to go right to timeout. <laughs> Start the day right in timeout.
1: Why? What I do? Our
3: spanking one of the two? What Which I, would you prefer? There's no coffee here.
1: Okay, let me explain <laughs> that. No, no, no. I'm glad you said that. Let me explain <laughs> that. Our coffee. Our coffee bar.
3: I know. Okay.
1: Our coffee maker is on the floor and unplugged. The nice, we have the nice community coffee grinder.
3: I'll be back when there's coffee. (laughs) I'll see y'all in a minute.
1: Okay. (laughs) They're redoing the cabinets. The cabinets finally, you know, this whole building had to be redone.
3: I need coffee delivered.
1: I thought about (laughs) running up to Circle K and getting us both coffee.
3: Oh, what are you waiting on?
1: Uh, I'll go. <laughs> Cover the next few segments. Absolutely, because I don't have any either.
3: Oh, man.
1: So they, they, they hooked up a uh, one of the just a little like Mr. Coffee things. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, Aaron, Gary Gary McCoy yeah. makes coffee when he first gets in. Okay. Now, we have two caravs. Right. So it's not an issue because he makes it like printer's ink. It's just... yes. I like my coffee bold, but not like that. So okay. I make another carafe, but we only have the one pot. So I poured out the filter basket. Okay. Now that that coffee pot has been sitting through all this construction, mm-hmm. you know, it was yeah. covered in dust construction dust. So they they I, they wiped it. Off. But Aaron, that that filter basket that holds the filter, yeah, it had some kind of looked like gum. It was brown. Duh.
3: Yeah,
1: and it was gooey, kind of. And I went, Oh, I'm not drinking this. Okay,
3: I'm just going to have to chew some coffee went, or something. Let's see. And I went to
1: try to clean it out and i was like no i just can't oh do
3: man so
1: we don't have coffee this morning i apologize i will i'll run up to the corner and get us yeah, some.
3: you need to go you, you just need to while the news is on mikey has gone <laughs> don't hit him believe me
1: <laughs> i do i do have my uh my red bull but man but
3: that 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 reminds of a story that uh but
1: that's why you from, don't have coffee and
3: you may have heard robert tell the story he was an overnight guy at, at a I don't know if it's Cleveland or whatever. And the morning guy gets there and he goes to the kitchen to make coffee and there's no coffee. And he comes in the room where Robert was. It's like five minutes before he takes over. And he goes, call Bill Blank, the GM, and tell him I'll be back when there's coffee. And he left.
1: And left the building. Left
3: the building. (sighs) So Robert <laughs> wow. calls the GM, you know, <gasps> so he calls the GM at six o'clock in the morning.
0: Right,
3: um, Bill, blah, blah. He left. He said he'll be back when there's coffee. And the GM goes, well, who's there? And he said, OK, Mike and Ruben, they're here. He said, OK, one of y'all is going to get coffee. So they had to decide oh, who's going to yeah, run and get coffee, well, so this big shot morning DJ will come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which one's going? I'll go. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'll go. Cause. No, I would never do that. <laughs> but I would, but man, the talk about juice. People are like, wait, the GM up at six o'clock. Tell him say, if I have coffee, I'll come back. No, you couldn't do that today. No, you couldn't do that I mean, today.
1: Th- those days of those.
3: They'd never come back. Yeah. yeah. Bye bye. You yeah. just can't have those kind of egos around. But yeah, that happened back in the day when, you know, you right. had these big superstars and, uh, he left the building. That is. And funny. you're just stuck. Oh, I guess I'll just play some more songs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh man, that
1: go, that that feeds right into that nightmare. The the you know
3: the the, record, the radio. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: not not no more music. And well, you, dead you, air you don't
3: and... have to go get me coffee, but Reuben has seen me before with a lack of coffee. It ain't pretty.
1: Well, I there's coffee down there if you want to drink it. I'll I'll go get you some coffee.
3: Is it some of McCoy's coffee? Yeah, I'll take a little cup of that. Okay, I'll try I'll, I'll
1: bring you some. That'll
3: keep me from being a growly bear.
1: Okay, well I'll definitely <laughs> go get some. In fact. Ruben, fire that off. I'm going to get coffee now. <laughs> what do I- One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. No race. F one's on their Easter break. They're like no races okay. for three weeks.
3: I didn't realize they had yeah. an Easter break. Okay. Yeah,
1: they they don't they don't they didn't have one last weekend. Mm-hmm. Not one this weekend. Even not one next weekend.
3: Hmm. What a
1: main pole to do. Yeah. <laughs> Withdrawals, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. I was talking to some friends of mine and we what got me on F1s a few years ago now god that's that's incredible um was that Netflix series Drive to Survive mhm if you start with the very first season of that and of course now that's goes back what four or five seasons now oh yeah of the F1 seasons um and and you you kind of get into it's more than just races. You get right. into the the drivers and you get to oh. know them and their stories and the drama between the teams and and within the teams.
3: High-speed soap opera.
1: And uh, it really it was fascinating mm-hmm. and, it, and I just got hooked and I've always been interested in IndyCar. Never particularly been a NASCAR fan. Not I'm not oh, I hate NASCAR. I'm hate NASCAR, but I just never got into it. Yeah. But, uh, boy, I just got, I went deep into that F1. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we ended up, Mike and my daughter and I went to the Austin race a couple of years Sweet. ago, got yeah. to actually go to one. Mm. Um, where in the hell was I going with this? I have no clue, Squirrel Man. But, th- yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but F1, um, w- Oh oh I was talking to some friends of mine and and since we've actually been watching the races and keep up with teams mm-hmm. and know what's going on we started the the uh the last season of the most current season of uh Drive to Survive and it's like eh, you know yeah. And we 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 watched that whole season. We know what happened. Right, exactly. We, we yeah. know what drivers are where now. Mm-hmm. So there's no drama on, oh, is he leaving yeah. McLaren? What's right. going to happen? You know, Ooh, we know where yeah. they are. Yeah. Right, so exactly. We, we've gotten like four or five episodes in and all of us are just, and it wasn't a conscious decision, but it was funny that we were all like, have yeah. you watched the lake? No, I haven't watched it since funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
3: know. Of funny. It is. But they've got a really new
1: is. one. Have you seen the new one about golf?
3: I heard about it. I have not seen it yet.
1: I haven't either. And I'm like, okay, if they can make golf dramatic, I mean, the behind the, I don't know. Yeah. To me, I love playing golf. Mm-hmm. I don't like watching golf.
3: I'll watch it if it's a biggie, like I watch the Masters, but I no okay. I'm not gonna normally sit right. and watch golf, no.
1: If you wanna take a nap on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. That's the best nap ever. Turn on the golf tournament. <laughs> That'll put you to talking, sleep, yeah. They're talking like this. He's got a twenty foot putt.
3: Oh gosh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Mm.
1: But but so it, one of the guys that I, in, in our in my little group says, Yeah, it's really it's really fascinating.
3: Mm hmm. I love the racing. I watch it all. I watch NASCAR, Formula One, I watch IndyCar Racing. I watch the Twenty Four Hours at Le Mans. I watch it all. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan. Big fan, and people don't realize that. Yeah, I love it all. So I'm I'm missing the Formula One. I'm, I'll be glad when it's so back. So was
1: Danica Patrick? That was before I got really. Was she just not really that great of a driver? Uh, or, what was the?
3: She she wasn't I mean, a great she, driver. No, she wasn't a great driver. She you know she had a couple of of, of successful races, mm-hmm. but I mean, and and she was she was ostracized a little because she made so much money in endorsements. But, but wasn't Kornikova. winning races, yeah,
1: what, exactly. A mediocre tennis player, but, but she was so hot. I hate using that, that phrase. Is what happens? But yeah. she was so beautiful
3: mm-hmm. that
1: she got all these endorsements and publicity.
3: Yeah, I mean, you say Go Daddy, Danica Patrick, <laughs> Danica, right? I mean, immediately you're gonna you're gonna relate. So, yeah, she made a ton of money. Mediocre driver,
1: city councilman Grayson Butcher and uh, current city marshal uh, candidate. Uh, is going to join us coming up after the 7 o'clock news, Mike and McCarty. 101- <music> One-on-one. 7 FM, 710 KEO, Mike and McCarty. Where I was going with all of that about F1 in the last segment. Mm hmm. Um, the you know the, the misses my wife. Mm-hmm. I said the wife. You know the wife is, a, and and we got a message on the trip board security system message board. Somebody was terribly offended that I said the wife.
3: Yeah, like and I'm you can't say my wife anymore either. She's because that's property. like she's your
1: property. She is my property. I put that ring on her finger, and <laughs> look at Aaron. <laughs> I say that in
3: jest. Did he say that out loud? <laughs> Did he really just say that out loud? His uh, wife is up. his property. Let me call her. What's her digits? Oh yeah. Do you know what your husband if you just were said in my on house? Radio? And I
1: said, make me a sandwich. You want to see what she would throw at me? <laughs> or yeah, or, or yeah, right.
3: <laughs> if yeah, you know Mike's wife, I would like everyone to text her right now. <laughs> right, it's okay. It's she's up. Text her right now and say, oh, Mike just said on a plane. you were. He, she was his property. I was kidding. I know. I know. I
1: know. It was a joke. It's the absurdity that makes it funny.
3: So your wife does going, not watch Formula One with you? Uh
1: no, not really. Not at all. No.
3: More My even daughter loves you? it.
1: My daughter and I. Okay. Love it. And and it's funny because with Formula One, you rarely can watch the races live. Because, right. you know, in Abu Dhabi, they're at two in the morning, our time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, exactly. That kind of thing.
3: Australia, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: I've got the F1 app. And yes. so I can watch it at any time and then all the shows that are correlated with it, the pregame
3: I, I and all the too. practices. And I set my phone aside because I don't want to see the alerts oh, I about turned, who won. I had to turn them off. Don't want to <laughs> see any of that. Yeah. We got a message, by the way. Danica did finish second at the Indy 500 one year. So that was a respectable finish. Okay. Not bad. Thank you, Joey. Yeah. Uh,
1: but anyway. Saying all of that, every weekend, it's like we've had something. We Last weekend was Easter and we drove, you know, over to East Louisiana to my cousins and mm-hmm. spent the day and had a wonderful time. Yeah. But weekend before that, my daughter was in town. We were going and going and going. Right. Weekend before that. So it's like this weekend, girl. <laughs> Just chill. <laughs> I'm not going any oh, place. I get you. I got yard work to, you know. I've got to get some yard work done.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I got to get some housework done. <laughs> what housework do you do? I got dogs to take care of. I vacuum. Okay. I vacuum the house. All right. I got a vacuum cleaner for Christmas. Did you really? <laughs> so, so, so there you go. Oh, that'll, boy. that'll tell you between my wife and I. Oh, I got man. A, and she'll tell you. The handle just doesn't fit my hand. <laughs>
3: that's good
1: that's, what that's what good yeah it just
3: doesn't fit my hand that sounds romantic
1: i've done that for years <laughs> vacuuming mouths
3: okay do a little dusting and poo. then
1: folding clothes for years oh i hate casey. folding clothes yeah i do casey says dad i remember you you know like put on a mash you know and, and sit and fold clothes
3: <laughs> oh, i hate that i, hate
1: I don't like. Right? Yeah. yeah you just do what you gotta do
3: i just get them straight out of the dryer
1: <laughs> well, I've gotten to the point where I've got a basket. I just kind of yeah. drape them in there. Oh,
3: my goodness. Pull my yeah. shirt. Yeah. What is coming up after seven?
1: Uh, we've got Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman, going to join us. Uh, he's a city marshal candidate. Mm-hmm. We've talked to uh, James Jefferson earlier this week. And uh, also later this morning, Wayne Smith, police chief, going to join us, as will uh, Cato Commissioner Mario Chavez, mm-hmm. Mike and McCarty. 101. 101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. So uh, that to say, there are lots of things going on this weekend. Um, one of the things uh, that, that, uh, that you, you know, might be something different, might be a lot of fun. It's uh, April 15th. Uh, it's called uh, Songbook South. It's ca- a lights camera auction that they're having at uh, Bally's Casino. And uh the silent auction begins at five thirty, dinner at six thirty, and then they have a, a live auction at seven thirty. Cool. And uh yeah. Songbook South is is uh it's teaching it's it's teaching the kids to sing and it's Nice. And in, in yeah, I don't I don't sing. Pers- I mean, I sing. Mm-hmm. I'm not trained, right? Right. <laughs> I fake it, yeah. <laughs> like when we do Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. I learned the songs by listening over, oh, at, you man. know, Les Mis mm-hmm. and um I wish I could read music. Yeah, that's one thing doing. that I ha- that I wish I could have mm-hmm. gone back and I was in band in junior high school for like a week. And then I tr- and I moved over to ROTC. Yeah. And enjoyed ROTC, okay. but I wish I would have stayed in band, mm-hmm. quite frankly.
3: Dina called, by the way. Uh oh. And she wants you to go this weekend to the downtown Shreveport plant swap. That's going on at uh from 9 to 1 tomorrow at Shreve Station. I thought I was
1: going to be in trouble
3: for no, no, no. calling Ad, her my property. Yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> Admissions free, and they're going to have people who, who brought their plants, pots, compost, seeds, and garden art to sell. You can swap or give it away. It, I mean, it's, it's a really, really
1: cool. really cool. I did a story on that on keelnews.com, by mm-hmm.
3: the way. And I know your wife wants you to take some of your plants and take down there and get her some new ones. Yeah. That would surprise her. But you would take one she didn't want you to give away, would I'm you? I'm
1: not doing that. <laughs> You'd be in big she trouble. She loves zinnias. Does she's she? got zinnias, yes. Well,
3: go down there and get her a zinnia.
1: No, she's got them planted. She, she oh, planted zinnias all okay. over the yard. I have to be careful where I mow.
3: Oh, yeah, because you'll harm something. And yeah. then you're in trouble. Oh, it's Chimp Discovery Days, too, at Chimp Haven. Those are
1: always fun.
3: That's going on tomorrow from have 9 you to Have been to one of those yet? I have. Yeah. yeah. Those are a blast. And Chimp Haven's a cool little place. People forget we have it out there. It really is beautiful, so... Lots of going on. There's a, a lot. You can see it at keelnews.com. Lots of other stuff happening this weekend, too. So, uh, yeah, take advantage of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Coming up uh, after the news, at 7 Grayson and Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman and Marshall uh, Candidate, going to be joining us. Uh, later this morning, we do have Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith, and he'll be discussing. We're
3: going to be talking about the, the shortage of officers, the new number oh, we yeah, heard. Right. And uh, the latest crime-fighting efforts.
1: cattle Commissioner Mario Chavez talking about the, uh, the new tenant out at the GM plant. That we, uh, we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's all coming up, Mike and McCarty. 1017- 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport City Councilman Grayson Butcher, also candidate for Shreveport City Marshal. Grayson, good morning, sir.
4: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me this morning.
1: Thank you for uh, agreeing to talk with us. Uh, your candidacy for Shreveport City Marshal. Tell us how that's going. How did that come about?
4: Well, it's going really well. Uh we've we've had just an over overwhelming uh amount of support from the community. Uh, you know, a lot of people have called, a lot of people have helped us, wanted to walk. I mean we've just had an overwhelming uh amount of support. Uh it came about um you know, several years ago I had actually talked to Charlie Caldwell, who was a very good friend of mine, and um we had talked and I said, Look, Charlie, whenever whenever you decide to retire, I would really like to run for your position. So this is not something that 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 I just came up with out of the blue. This is something I've been thinking about for a while. Um, I had I had thought about it after Charlie passed away, and had thought about maybe not running for city council again. And uh, things just kind of progressed. Uh, I listened to their budget presentation um, because the city council has to approve the, their budget. And for for the last four years, we've had a lot of questions about where a lot of their money goes that they do that they collect from fines and fees. And after that budget budget presentation in in November, I decided uh, that I really needed to run. I also found out that the that the current interim marshal took a, a very large pay raise, um, and, and I just think that in, in our environment right now in the city, uh, you know, a department a department that has thirty employees, I, I just don't believe one hundred eighty one thousand dollars is a is an accurate salary. There's there's other things that, that money could be spent for. So I did decide to go ahead and run. Actually, there was somebody that was going to run for my city council position in anticipation for me running. And, and unfortunately, that person backed out about two weeks before qualifying. So that, that's where we are. Um, I'm, I'm ready. I think that there's, there's an, an interim that can take my place that will do a very, very good job. I'm not going to say his name, but he does have experience. So uh, I'm just real excited about the potential, and I'm real excited about it, about our campaign.
1: Uh, talking with Grayson Butcher, candidate for Shreveport City Marshal. Grayson, we, we know you spent a lot of your career with the fire department. Uh, so what do you say to those who say, well, he doesn't have any law enforcement experience? How do you lead a law enforcement agency?
4: Well, I, I, I say this. Um, the City marshal is is a very administrative position. Number one, um, I do have a lot of experience in budgeting. I've been a legislator that is that has approved budgets for for departments. You know, we approve a four hundred twenty five million dollar budget in the city of Shreveport. Sometimes I don't like the way that money's being spent, but we do approve that budget. When I was at Fire District Five, we had about a two million dollar budget, a little bit over two million dollar budget, very similar to what the marshal is, and I and I ran that for eleven years. Um, so so I have the administrative experience. Now, when you go back to the law enforcement experience, uh, I was justice of the peace for four years in Ward 8, which basically is the judge that, that that orders the papers and the judgments that the marshal's office signs. So I'm very familiar with service, with writs, with uh, I did a lot of evictions. I did probably over 200 evictions uh, in the time period that I was justice of the peace. So I'm real familiar with what the job does. And then. Then thirdly, I have the experience whenever I was fire chief at Fire Street 5, when we started, it was a very small department. I made pretty much every call from shootings to to, um, uh, you know, to assaults to, you know, babies that, that had stopped breathing. I mean, to car wrecks, to all these different things. I, I made these calls and. And there were times that you'd be there for 10 or 15 minutes by yourself without the sheriff's office.
3: Grayson, so, why, are, I, why are you better qualified than Mr. Jefferson, who was Charlie Caldwell's, you know, right hand man?
4: I think that I'm I'm more qualified because I can get this budget under control, and I do have other ideas from the for the marshal's office. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that the marshal's office is completely broke, but yes, in Freeport right now, people are wanting change. People are wanting to see some different things. I mean, we give have us some things. examples
3: of other things for the marshal's office, different things. What 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 what, are, what would you put in place?
4: Well, the, the first thing I would do is give myself a 25 percent pay cut. I would take that $40,000 and I would put it into a new program that would focus on getting into the schools and going and talking to children about domestic violence, sexual assault, um, you know, gun violence. And starting kind of early, and that's what that deputy would do. He would go around, similar to Dare, but just a little bit of a step above that. So that that's step one. Step two, I would they have a they have a fairly good uh, warrants department. I would increase the number of warrants deputies to go out and try to work with SPD to get these people off the streets that have warrants. You you see this all the time. The people that are being arrested right now that are being re released, and then there's warrants issued and they can't find them. So I would I would work with SPD in that in that way. Um, also during high crime times, I would take some of that that money from fines and fees. And if SPD needed some help, I would I would put a deputy on at the expense of the marshal's office. And then, like at the parade, um, it's a real strain on our police officers. We're down a tremendous amount of police officers in Shreveport. You know, the marshal's office didn't didn't help at all with with any of the of the, of the parades. So. That's another thing that we could be doing. SROs. We're low on SROs in Shreveport. Is there a place for the marshal's office to work in as SROs? So I understand what the what the job of the marshal is, but I have vision that, that I don't believe that my opponent does.
1: And the officers in the marshal's division, are they all post-certified law enforcement officers?
4: It's hard for me to nail that down. I know there's 30 employees. I think they're down four or five. I heard him say yesterday or uh, Tuesday that they're down four, but I've heard that they're down five, um, five officers or five deputies um and for, i've heard two numbers one time he was on your show and he said 14 but i have records that show that they have 20 post-certified deputies so i i don't really know i i think that they have about 20 post-certified deputies would and you get, the would you clerical.
3: get would you get post-certified would you go through the training to become post-certified
4: if you won uh that's yeah i mean I, you know it's a it's a 18-week class now i think i heard uh Mr. Jefferson say he went to a ten week class? Absolutely. I mean if I'm if I'm gonna be the marshal, um, yes, I'm not gonna make that, but isn't that, that a, right away. Isn't that but a full time
1: academy that you would have to go and
4: Yes, yes, and I don't want to dedicate Yeah, I don't want to dedicate and say that until I get in there and see what I have to do as Marshal. But yes, once things are you know, once we get things lined out and get our vision moving forward, absolutely. Now I will also tell you this, I already have a chief deputy in mind who has over thirty years of law enforcement experience from drug DEA task force um, in administration. Uh, I mean, so so th- this person would be a very good supplement to me as, as chief deputy. So um, th- the law enforcement aspect of it, to me is not that important. It's, it's getting in there and being able to have vision and put the people under you that have law enforcement to help you push your vision forward.
3: One last thing in our last minute. To those sure. who elected you to the city council, And are now saying, you're, you're now abandoning, you're our, you're our conservative voice on the council that we want. Um, and now you're, you're, you wanting to leave midstream. Uh, what do you say to those folks?
4: Well, I tell them that, you know, this is something that I've been wanting to do. I also tell them that we're a 5-2 council right now. You saw the votes the other day and I, I heard Dr. Jackson on the radio and, and, and it was not the entire council that didn't want to push these streets through. Um, I tell them that that I have gone through. Uh, I think that I have a interim replacement that that will be very very good that has experience, and they are about ten or fifteen candidates. But you, but you don't me. appoint
3: that interim replacement.
4: Well, no, I don't. No, you're, you're exactly right. But but I have talked to some of my colleagues about this interim replacement, and I do feel like that that, that person will be putting in. I, I really, really do. I can't guarantee that, but I really do feel like that. But I tell them that, you know, look, I can do more for the city of Streetport and for my district as city marshal than I am able to do right now as a city councilman. Because right now, look, we're dead in the water. I think I think everybody knows that, that uh, councilman Talaferro and myself are just – dead in the water so you're jumping off the boat well i'm jumping to try to help do something that i can actually push forward and help get something done in the city of Freeport. it's very frustrating when you're a goal-oriented person and whenever you set goals and benchmarks and things like that like i am to be able to be stuck and not be able to do anything. I can move over here and really do things. Look, 90% of the people that call me, they're calling me about crime. They're scared of Shreveport. They're scared to go out at night. And I think I can really help with that. So it's up to the voters. I I really would like to have this position because I really think I can do something. And it's not just about me. It's about Shreveport. All
1: right. We're talking with uh, Grayson Butcher, Shreveport City Councilman. Uh, Grayson, thank you so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it and good luck to you.
4: Hey, I always enjoy being with y'all. Y'all take care. Tell everybody get out and vote. You Have bet. a great
1: weekend. 101.7 FM. 101.7 FM. 710 Kiel. Also a free download. The office furniture source. Kiel News app. Where you connect with us. ...on the Shreveport Security Systems yeah. message board.
3: Don't forget, early voting starts tomorrow. I was... I, you see okay, my notes? Go ahead, my bad. You see my notes? My bad.
1: Go ahead. Now, when did I marry you? <laughs> the election is April 29th. Early voting starts tomorrow. And runs through? Tomorrow.
3: <laughs> His notes are great, aren't they, Ruben? Runs through the 22nd, excluding Sunday... I had that eight thirty to just six p.m. There yet. <laughs> you can go to your registrar voters office. There's also a satellite location at the library, at Burt Coons in Southwest Freeport, where you can go vote on the ballot. Of course, you're going to find the city marshal's election and those propositions, those bond. What are we calling them? Reauthorizations. They're not renewals. Right.
1: Well, because they were allowed to expire, <laughs> not the current administration. So they're technically new, but they're they're, they're they've some been of those, on the
3: books since when? Some
1: of them going back to the forties. The, oh, the like, most current one, mm-hmm. the newest one, was like nineteen seventy. Yes. So these are these are not new tax. You're not paying anything new. Nope. I I do. I say, look, we need to pass all six of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just. Uh,
3: what if somebody? Fire. What if somebody streets, pays their drainage. property taxes? Like now, before the election, can I pay my property taxes based on what's legal now? Cause I would go do it now. Right, right now yeah, these I've are not on them. the books.
1: I've, I've already paid mine for this year. I
3: paid them for this year. Those aren't on the books. I want that money back. Shut up. Don't say that. <laughs> I could cause a mess, couldn't I? Good gosh. For for a hundred thousand dollar house, it's about seventy bucks. It's right. Yeah. And for a two hundred thousand dollar house, guess what? It's about hundred and forty bucks. You just double it. So it's not a whole lot of money. And for folks who put on our message board that, you know, a year ago I was ranting and raving against a bond election, you don't pay close enough attention, sir, <laughs> because those were new bond proposals. Those were for new taxes. That were for new things that we wanted. These are taxes that have been on the books, some of them for since 1940. These are things we've already been paying. And if we were to cut them out, we would have to cut $11 million from the city budget. So you bring me new taxes, and I'm going to be waving red flags. I don't care if you're Mayor Arsenault, Mayor Perkins, Mayor Timbuktu. I'm going to be waving red flags. You got to show me something first.
1: <laughs> Mayor Timbuktu. Yeah. I think he he ran a, <laughs> Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith joining us at 7:40 Mike and- 017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. You, real quick, you have a story on these mobile trash cans.
3: Yes. New York has, has bought these They've got robot trash cans. They've got electronic dogs now. They've yes. got electronic trash cans. And these trash cans move to where they sense a bigger crowd is. They go, and they, go, they see, like, there's 50 more people over here, so we're going to move over there. Now people think they're creepy and they're a little bit scared of them right now. But
1: you think you they're know. monitoring conversations and?
3: Of course they are. I mean, of course they on. are. <laughs> That's my
1: only. That would I, I even hate to use the word criticism. My 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 suggestion to Barksdale Air Force Base mm-hmm. during the air show record crowd. Oh yeah. Aaron, they had maybe two trash cans on the whole flight. Oh gosh. More trash cans, please. It was, it was, you, you had to literally search and go walking for a trash can. Mm. That was my, that's my only, my only suggestion to them. Uh, Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith going to be joining us uh, after the break. Mike and McCarty. 7 FM seven ten KEO Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Chief uh, at the uh, luncheon that we did earlier this week, you were giving the um, you guys I guess do a monthly update to the business yes, association, uh-huh. uh, and you ju- and you made the comment that you were one hundred forty five officers short now.
5: Uh, That
1: is is correct. The last report we remember, Aaron and I both looked at each other. Our jaws dropped. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I thought we were around 130 short. Have we lost 15 officers in in a matter of a month? Uh, Not
5: exactly. That was a statistical uh, estimate. Uh, As of that date when I made the report, uh, we had uh, 135 that was officially off the book. Uh, We have about seven or eight or so that has turned in that letter of intent to retire uh very soon and i know of three or four more uh that has talked about it that for all intended purposes probably will uh here before long so that put me at prospectively around Mm -hmm. 145 or greater
3: how many do you how many do you typically get out of a class 10 15
5: we began a class uh here in uh I think February with about fifteen and I think about eight remains. So generally the uh passing rate is around fifty or sixty percent. So you can so,
3: you can't keep up.
5: No, it it's difficult. It is a daunting task.
3: How it, are what, you go what, ahead, Mike?
5: What
1: causes uh if you start with fifteen uh, do do seven or so say this isn't for me they can't hack it you find out something in their past what what causes uh that attrition rate? Any
5: particular reason that you can come up with you're probably correct uh, that's what makes it difficult for me to maintain officers. Everyone in the state and the country knows that the best trained police officers around come from SPD. So the training is really, really demanding. If you make it that 18, 19 weeks, without a doubt, you're among the best of the best. And some people along the way
3: uh, just find out that it's just not a fit. You have told us over and over and over again. We drag you in here all the time, and you have said you're working on uh, getting lateral moves from police officers from other agencies. But I'm going to be quite blunt here, and, I, you know, I, you understand – When people look at making a lateral move to Shreveport and they look at the stats and they look at your numbers, you really are facing an uphill battle when you're looking at even that, too, right? I must agree. uh, The majority of the laterals
5: that we receive uh, come from smaller agencies uh, that obviously our benefit is a lot greater. Don't
3: have Google? (laughs) <laughs> you know
5: what I mean? Yeah. You know? And, and they're looking for, you know, greater benefits and greater opportunities. Okay. And our administration, uh, the mayor, the council, do the best that they can, and they're constantly looking for uh, solutions and uh, better ways to bring better benefit, benefits to attract more police officers to our region.
3: What are you, Chief Wayne Smith, doing to – help boost the morale of your officers because they are running from call to call to call burning out um seeing the the worst of our society yes and it's a tough gig what are you are you putting some things in place to help our officers i'm offering the best encouragement that i can
5: Uh, i'm working closely with our administration to examine the 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 whole picture to see where there's areas to improve, uh, uh, benefits, uh, just everything that I possibly can to help boost morale
1: and keep, uh, officers here in Shreveport. Darren, you bring up a great point, you know, firefighters, everybody loves to see the fire department. Of course. You, you know, they're here to, to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, stop that situation, help you, uh, police officers. Are entering a situation that is generally going to be at that person's probably worst moment in their life. Sure, and a police officer has to go in, whether it's a violent situation, a, a you know dangerous situation, and then try to solve that mm-hmm. and. That's there's a lot of stress involved in that. You bet. You bet. And it takes it takes a special kind of person. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's I looked at it as a ministry. I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. It is a calling.
5: You got to have the heart for this uh, policing anywhere in our country, and you got to look past the uh, the benefit, the pay, and genuinely in your heart care for people and wanting to help people.
3: Mm-hmm. Let me, I talked to you off the air to make sure you were okay with me asking you this, and we'll, you can tell me what you can and can't say. Uh, KTAL was reporting last night that uh, uh, some police officers had sued the city over their working during the pandemic. After Mayor per, former Mayor Perkins declared an emergency, um, there are then... Uh, sp- uh, things that kick in where those officers are then because they're working overtime or extra time during an emergency situation where they're supposed to be getting time off and that they had not been getting time off. They sued. Now I believe they have won. What can you tell us about w- with regard to that? And I assume you're going to do everything to make sure that you're following the law.
5: Absolutely. Uh, the administration is working hard to bring uh, a resolve to this matter. Uh, during the pandemic, Uh, I think the question, the concern was, was City Hall uh, officially closed? Was it officially declared uh, inclement days where officers would be entitled to uh, additional pay or time off?
3: Is your plan to give them time off if you ultimately lose this legal battle and don't appeal? Or would your plan be to give them uh, extra money? Well, I have to rely... On
5: the administration,
3: uh, uh, whichever direction they
5: decide to resolve this, then we will act appropriately uh, to make sure things are, are settled in the in the best manner that's uh, uh, amenable
1: to the officers. Okay. How many officers are are we do we have on staff on the street right now? Probably in the
5: fifties and sixties. See, we have six different shifts. That are offset to when they come to work, to when they get off. So that number is constantly changing.
1: I'm, I mean, we're in the department right now. Uniformed officers. How many do we have on on staff?
5: On staff? Yeah. Oh, oh With total the police department
3: yeah. total. Yeah.
5: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Four hundred plus. I'm not sure of the exact uh, number, uh, but we're budgeted for five eighty. Okay.
3: One more thing, the bond proposal that's up for reauthorization, there are two, three of these that impact your department. Okay. That are critical. I mean, I'm just going to give you a minute to, to plug those. Those are really police and fire uniforms and equipment, pensions, and your three platoon system totaling w- close to five million for your department. That's critical that these are renewed, correct? It is. It's very, very critical
5: because this this has been the standard that everyone is accustomed to. And if, uh, by chance, something doesn't work out right Saturday, uh, the funding will have to come from somewhere. So cuts will have to be made in other areas to make this up. The three platoon system, uh, that enables us to have three shifts of officers around the clock. That's. That's the election coming up on the twenty ninth.
3: You bet. But early voting starts tomorrow, so if you're not going to be around, you need to get out and vote. It's important.
5: Absolutely, and I encourage everyone to uh, please assist us in this effort. Uh, uniforms and equipment. We have to be uh, equipped uh, to do our jobs. And as as everyone else uh, knows, uh, at some day we would like to retire from this job. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, retirement benefits is, is very, very crucial.
3: Are you retiring anytime soon? Have you discussed
5: it, thought about it yet? I, I hadn't thought about it. I love what I do, and I don't even think about retirement. I just think of each day as a an awesome opportunity to do more for this city, and as long as health and strength allows me uh, to do that, mm-hmm. I want to give my life to service for a purpose much greater than my own.
1: Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith. Well, we appreciate your being here. We appreciate your efforts and uh, and, and our prayers to every member of the Shreveport Police Department. You bet. Thank, Thank you, you very sir. much. Thanks. Have a great weekend. 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with uh, Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith has agreed to stay on this last little segment. For nothing for police related. Something a little fine.
3: It just hit my brain and I said, I have I'm no idea ask what, yeah. Mike has no idea. The chief has no idea. I, I know, I hear a lot about you're a good cook and that you, you know, you love to do, you love to go cook some things. But I wanted to ask you, On the day that you um, are going to go meet our Maker, Mm -hmm. and 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 God says, "Okay, Chief Wayne, you get one final meal." You think God's going to call him Chief? (laughs) He might. He might. (laughs) He might. (laughs) Well, I'll
5: answer to whatever He calls me. Amen.
3: Uh, This is a silly segment, but I just (laughs) I thought about it because he's a he very he appreciates good food. What's on your final plate?
5: Frog legs.
3: You're serious, <laughs> yes, I love frog
5: legs out of all the uh the, the things I eat that probably is my favorite
3: really yeah. okay what what is your do you have veggies what's what's the veggie going to be on there?
5: Straight frog legs.
3: <laughs> Just a big old pile of frog legs.
5: That's right. I'm,
3: How I'm many frog amazing. legs can you eat in one sitting?
5: <laughs> uh, probably a hundred or so.
3: You cannot eat a hundred frog legs.
5: I guarantee I can. Wow. I go to places that have... A lot of have, frogs in wheelchairs now. <laughs> <laughs> I go to places that has buffet and I close them down.
3: Wow. So. Okay, dessert. Dessert of choice. What is your favorite dessert?
5: Chocolate cake. And Just a chocolate cake for me is a uh a, a yellow vanilla butter cake with chocolate icing. My cousin cooked me one yesterday oh. and I eat chocolate cake most of the night. Okay. Matter of fact I had a piece for breakfast.
3: Iced yeah. tea drinker, soda drinker, what are you what's this on the what's your drink, your beverage?
5: Sweet tea. Sweet tea. Oh. Sweet tea.
3: That Can you see this mine. plate sweet tea? Can you see this plate piled up this high with frog legs? A big old <laughs> chunk of cake on the side <laughs>
1: and a
5: glass of sweet tea. And washing it down with tea. Well, and, and at home I, I grow my own mint. I love sweet tea with with fresh mint.
3: Okay, but no veggies, no starches on the we, plate, I just knew frog, we got legs along for frog legs. Just frog legs. Oh my goodness.
1: See how I move?
3: <laughs> He's dancing like a frog now, as now, was, Chief, <laughs> I'm
1: going to tell you about the phone call I got from the nurse at my doctor's office. She okay. said, stop that sweet tea immediately.
5: Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for the <laughs> advice.
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chief. Appreciate you. it. Mario
1: Chavez is going to be joining us after 8 o'clock. McCur- 1017 FM, 710 Kiel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Caddo Parish Commissioner Mario Chavez. Mario, good morning, sir. Mike, good morning, guys. Tell us about this, uh, this is, to, to me, this seems like exciting news. We've got a new tenant coming into the old GM plant location out in West Shreveport. How did this come about? What's the latest information on this?
6: Uh, Mike, I'm super excited about this, um, and I don't know if you can pronounce the name correctly, so let's just call it TKs for now, but <laughs> TKs adds a, a growing steel cluster with companies like Bentler, Turnium, and Mackroy Metals, and others, so what's cool about this, a lot of people don't know what they do, and I've heard some, some negative stuff, and of Thyssen course we'll talk Krupp about that. is
1: how they say, that Justin Dixon told us, Thyssen Krupp.
6: Ah, that's good. You you, you nailed it. <laughs> but uh, us in the South, we have a hard time saying that. So Absolutely. What, what do but, they do? Um, so it's it's a large transportation company in logistics, and the the GM plant is perfectly poised for that. Uh, you may not know this, but the post office is out there, too. You know Globus International is out there, and they do automotive distribution. They bring in cars from Mexico, and they push them all over the, the states. The post office is out there with about 100 employees. So now this is going to add to our local area with Bentler still producing steel pipe out there at the port. Well, now we have a local distribution point where things are not only coming in but going out. This is going to make Shreveport amazingly poised for the growth that we need to have here. I'm so excited about this.
3: Do you have any idea? I mean, I'm a little bit uh, mystified by the lack of details in, with regard to uh, jobs. jobs, timetable, total investment. Um. Why don't we have some of those
6: details? Any idea? Well, it's it's been behind the scenes that they've been working with NLEP. And, Aaron, let's, I'll just tell you, frankly, as, as a, a local politician, sometimes these politicians screw these deals up. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I think the government needs to get out of the way and let private business work. And that's exactly what's going on here is we have a huge plant out there, a General Motors plant, and you saw what happened with um, the three-wheel vehicle. Everybody is negative about it. And then we have some amazing news like this that come and leaks out. We don't want people that are coming into our city that are already scared off because the negativity that they see throughout the public on the airwaves and social media just by seeing the negativity. That other thing was a startup. This is not a startup. This TK business has $40 billion in revenue. This is going to be amazing. And although it may not bring a lot of jobs for from TK specifically working there at the plant because it's distribution, what it's going to do is it's going to create – hundreds of jobs in the interim as they're building that out. That plan out there that we, the parish, own, that we don't have to pay anything for, it's, it's beautiful. We paid $7.5 million for it. Aaron, do you know that we've recouped every penny of the, of the parish money that we paid for that plant? And if the commissioners didn't have the foresight to do that some 10 years ago, It would have been demoed for $8.5 million. It would have been scrapped out, and the only thing the parish people would have to show for it would be a huge slab of concrete. But now we have tons of jobs. We've recouped all of our money, and we have workers going out there that are going to build. They're actually – TKs is going in the oldest building out there at the plant, which is super cool, because if you own property and you have somebody else that's coming in and investing in your property, it's only going to make it worth more. So we have the parish property that we have this billion dollar company coming in they're going to they're gonna take this 1 million square foot building the oldest building that we have out there they're going to put a brand new roof on there they're going to put all new lights in there they're going to paint the entire property they're going to use local contractors to do all this and then we're going to have a better asset than we had before this is nothing but good stuff for Shreveport and Cattle Parish let
3: me ask you this about the IRG and Stuart Lichter's group you know a lot of people sure. say that you know that- not the best deal for the parish and our community but they have been paying lease payments all along have they missed any payments and and they
6: have they have never missed a payment a lot of people don't even know how much they're paying and they had a uh they had a grace period where they didn't have to pay anything but Eric and mike you guys know business whenever you move a new tenant into your commercial property you give them some grace period to get set up and get going and you give them free rent for a little while we gave them some concessions but now, they're fully caught up on rent, and at the end of this year, their rent will have paid for everything that we pay for that property. They're paying about $61,000 a month in rent right now. And the tenants that occupy that plant, of course, Globus, the post office, now TKs, they pay IRG. And a lot of people were mad about that three-wheeled vehicle. Well, the parish didn't rent out the plant to that three-wheeled vehicle. IRG did, but is I, if, but is if,
3: IRG making money that the parish could be making because they maybe they're paying you sixty, but maybe they're making hundred and twenty. You follow me?
6: Of course, but that's business, Aaron. That's business. <laughs> if we we had a property that if we would have demoed it, we would have nothing. So now we have an amazing opportunity where we have this international company, IRG that does this for a living we don't do this for a living you know i love dr wilson i think he runs the parish spectacularly but he doesn't do this for a living so it would have been on us to go out there and find these huge corporations we would have never found tks we would have never found globus international now granted they did call us just like amazon called us a lot of people think that politicians have something to do with bringing in all these huge distribution shreveport is poised for growth because of logistically where it's at and i don't have to go over the the um all the things that we have here that are bringing all these companies here. Um, I think a lot of other guys on your show have done a great job about that. But but we are poised for this distribution all over America because we're in the heart of, of America.
3: But it, if you were to have gone back, you were not one of the commissioners, I've, I don't believe, that made this deal. Would you have done it differently? A little Could we have done it differently or better?
6: It's always easy to Monday morning quarterback, but, but Aaron, looking at it now, We've not only recouped every penny that we spent, and there's jobs out there, and there's more jobs coming, but we've also gained royalties. Did you know that when the GM plant was out there, General Motors never got any royalties from oil and gas? We've leased out that land to oil and gas exploration, and now we've made money off that as well. And more importantly, almost most importantly, because this is important to the taxpayers, we don't pay any carrying costs. So not only have we recouped every penny for the people, if we didn't do what we did and, and push it to IRG and have them manage it, we would have had the carrying cost on that property. And a lot of people that are not in commercial real estate may not know what carrying cost is. But right now, there's about a $345,000 a month carrying cost that IRG foots the bill for. They pay for the lawn care, the bug spray. Nature will always try to take back over and you have to constantly push it out. They have to take care of everything. They've had to go out there, fix the roof, fix a lot of things, They've invested in our property that we own, we still own it, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. They put in a $3 million sprinkler system for fire suppression out there, and mm-hmm. a lot of the public doesn't know this. So, Aaron, I think if we would have done something differently, we, you, me, myself, everybody else would have be on the hook for all these things. That we've been able to put out there that IRG has footed the bill. So sure they're making money, but they're investing that money back into our property, which is, which is poison us to put more business in there, more growth. And it's going to be great for Cattle Parish.
1: Mario Chavez, Cattle Parish commissioner. Mario, you made a point a moment ago. You said, uh, that you didn't seek out, um, the PK or, or TK, TK or like Globus International, but that they called us. But would that be something that we need? Maybe the commission or the or the the mayor's administration to have somebody on staff that does go out, maybe a, a, you know, a lobbyist per se for the city of Shreveport to go and seek these opportunities. And that's their full time position. Wouldn't that be something worth having?
6: So, Mike, the answer is yes. However, we kind of we kind of have that scenario already. We have the BRF, we have uh, NLEP, we have. Uh, Cattle Parish, all these joint people together, working together, are are really going to do this. And NLEP, Justin Dixon's group out there, they've done an amazing thing. So you have to not only go out there and bring in the big fish, but you also have to cultivate the local area so that it's ready for those big fish. And that's what Justin's team has really done great at. He came on board, and he really started seeing, okay, I'm looking around, and I have to get everything ready. I have to get everything ready so that when the big fish do come in, that we have the infrastructure with power, with roads, with infrastructure ready for these guys, the site selectors are gonna come in and say, okay, this place is ready to go, turnkey, let's move here. So we have that already. And you and I both know, Mike, cause we, we watch the news, the city of Shreveport right now, they have a lot going on. And if we have some guys that are doing a great job, I think it's advantageous for them just to go to the city and allow somebody at the city to help these businesses, and not just the big guys but the little guys too, mm-hmm. to help navigate the waters of how to get the permitting and how to get the zoning done correctly through the city of Shreveport and let these guys like Justin and the BRF that do this every single day, let them do what they're doing, and collectively we will all be better together.
1: Mario Chavez, thank you so much, my friend. Have a great weekend. You guys have a great day. Thank you. 1017 fm seventeen. 7- 1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. And Aaron, we got to get a hold of Rod Demery. We need to get him. He's got a, a cool show coming up on the History Channel
3: mm-hmm.
1: called Unearthed Ancient Murder Mysteries. Of course, now uh, Rod was uh, a former Shreveport police homicide detective. You bet. For like 14 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've, they've teamed up with uh, this person. Uh, She's a scientist, Professor Tori King, and they're going into these like historical murders that didn't have technology, obviously, you know, back in the day. Wow. And uh, using current crime-solving techniques and... uh, To try to solve historic murders? Technologies to solve these historic murders.
3: That's cool.
1: And uh, trying to... You know, I, I I would I I don't know exactly which ones they're doing. I'm hoping they're doing Kennedy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would be interesting. You know? I did text him and um, he's he said he's out of town until Tuesday, but he's going to join us next week.
0: I'm awesome. looking forward
3: to it. Yes. I, I'm excited about it. Um, he's he's a great guy, and he'll be happy to join us. Okay, yeah.
1: the Kennedy assassination. What six, n- 1963. And that's that's one that generation said. You know, everybody remember like nine eleven for us. You remember where you were the moment you heard about it. It mm-hmm. was it was one of those lifetime moments. Um, and the Kennedy assassination. I've read several books on uh, different theories. You know, Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, I don't believe for a moment the Warren commission's report i don't i, I just i am not a well I, maybe i am a conspiracy theorist <laughs> but the the most probable to me the plausible explanation that has that has come out that the car behind the presidential car at that time, had Secret Service, obviously Secret Service sure, agents. It sure. was it was uh, a convertible also. One of the agents wasn't normally uh, an armed security detail. Right. He, he. from what I understand, and, and, I, and I haven't read this in a while, uh, there's a book called uh, Mortal Error, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when the first shot – now, Oswald did fire shots from, sure. from the book depository. Mm-hmm. That's known. Right. Whether he acted alone or not, whether he was hired, whether he was a patsy, you know, mm-hmm. that's all still up in the air. But when the car sped up, one of the officers in the second car had picked up a rifle, and then the car sped up, and he kind of fell and fired off a round. Mm. And they're saying that that round trajectorily matches Ooh. the death shot on Kennedy's yeah. head.
3: And everybody's been hiding that all these years.
1: And so that's why they've been hiding it because, according to this theory, the Secret Service killed Kennedy.
3: Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs>
1: wow. So I don't think
3: Rods getting into that one. To me. But it well, would be interesting. It would be very interesting. It would be
1: absolutely. We need to find out, yeah. you know, and I would love to know if they're if that's one of the things they're looking
3: at. Gun talks. Tom Gresham joining us at 8:40. There's a bill in Louisiana to hold gun owners responsible if your gun is stolen and then used in a violent crime.
1: Very interesting.
3: I think he might be pibbing.
1: Well, my my answer to that is don't leave your gun in your car. If you're not in your car, your gun shouldn't be in your car.
3: Well, Period. yeah, yeah.
1: No, per- there's no – how easy is it to bust out a window?
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: The, your car is not secure to anybody that wants to get into it. Mm, that's true. I don't you're care right. if you have an alarm or not. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to him coming up. Mike and McCarty, 101. 101- 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty heading into a beautiful week. Well, actually, going to rain tomorrow on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Coming up next, we've got the host of Gun Talk heard right here on Keel. Tom Gresham going to be joining us. Mike and McCarty. What a... 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, a host of Gun Talk heard right here on Keel, Tom Gresham joining us this morning. Tom, good morning. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day this morning to talk with us.
0: Well, good morning. We are at the NRA annual meetings in Indianapolis. About to kick it off here this morning.
3: Oh, it's going to be fun. Louisiana lawmakers proposing a bill to hold gun owners responsible if their gun is stolen from an unlocked car. Um mm-hmm. How big a problem is this for you?
0: Well, it's idiotic. How's that? Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> thank you. I mean, let's just let's just let's just, cut, let's just cut to the chase. There are already laws that. Uh, govern negligence, and so you know, you can be charged with negligence if you are, in fact, negligent. But this is one of those interesting things that I would love for someone to ask this legislator. Who handed you this piece of legislation? Mm-hmm. Which of the gun ban organizations handed this to you because this is what they do they go state to state and they hand these kinds of uh pieces of legislation to people so they can introduce them nobody came up with this on their own this was given to them by some one of the gun ban groups this Uh, was this was
3: tried in shreveport last year and it and it failed but i believe new orleans has implemented a law like this is this something that's kind of spreading the nation
0: oh yeah they're trying it everywhere look here's the thing anything that's introduced in louisiana has already been introduced in a number of states because there literally are people funded by Michael Bloomberg, the billionaire, who go state to state, and they meet with legislators and say, look, here's a piece of legislation. Here's a gun ban. Here's a restriction. Here's a uh, gun-free zone law. Here's something. I mean, They have a whole stack of these things and try to get them to introduce this, this legislation. But let's talk about this one in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, one of the issues here, no one's thinking about this. You know that the state, with its laws, forces people to leave guns in cars. What? Because you're, oh yeah, you're carrying your gun legally. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a place where they have a no gun sign. What do you have to do?
3: Oh, you got to leave it in your you car. You've got to That's a great point. Oh,
0: yeah. They another are forcing another... people to
3: leave guns in their cars. Another big point is that if this law is enacted, and we got this message from a couple of people this morning, that... If my gun is stolen and then you're going to hold me responsible, I'm just not going to report it stolen.
0: Well, there's that. Uh, there's Also, I mean, on the face of it, you have somebody who is a victim of a crime, and now you're going to make them supposedly responsible for another crime that they didn't commit. I mean, on the face of it, it's ludicrous, but it is very much within the culture of we're not going to hold law abiding uh, our criminals responsible. We're going to try to make law abiding people responsible for the acts of criminals. I mean, I, I would hope, and I assume, Louisiana's got enough sense to knock this one down, and it just doesn't go anywhere.
1: Well, hopefully so, Tom. This reminds me of the law of like a bartender being held responsible if he overserves a customer, and then that customer goes out and uh, causes a you know a fatal crash to somebody. How does this law differ from
0: that? Well, on the face of it, first of all, let's start off with you are, you know, we do have a second amendment right to have a gun. So there's nothing in drinking that's covered by that, but we can go further than that. This is just part of an overall arching momentum, if you will, a movement to try to make gun ownership as difficult and as onerous as possible. It's scary. And to the point where you said people will either not report guns or the real goal here. I mean, let's not lose sight of what the real goal here is. The real goal here is to make people afraid to have guns at all, to carry their guns, to have a gun in their car. This is not about trying to make people responsible. You know, if the Louisiana legislature wants to stop people from leaving guns in unlocked cars, they could put a half a million or a million bucks into a public service announcement campaign to educate the public about this, that would actually have legs and would have some impact. But, oh, no, we're just going to pass some stupid thing that says you can be held. I mean, not, it's not just you're going to be held legally responsible. You would be committing a felony. You could be charged with a felony if you become a victim of a crime. How crazy is that? This
1: is absurd. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like you. I hope it doesn't go anyplace.
3: Are these laws, Tom, that are being passed in these wacko states like California, are they driving people out of those states in record numbers? Are you seeing that? Oh,
0: I hear it all the time on the radio show. People call me and say, yeah, you know, I'm out of here. This, this is one step too far, whether it's California or Oregon or, um, or Washington On and on, people say, you know, I could put up with the nonsense until they got to that, and I'm just not going to live in this mess anymore. I mean, here's the latest one that just broke this morning saw another lawsuit, and now they are filing suit against companies and also the marketing director of gun companies because supposedly they are marketing guns in such a way that makes them attractive to people who would misuse guns. So that's all that is is a chilling effect of saying, okay, if you work at a gun company, even in the marketing department, we're going to charge you or we're going to file a lawsuit against you and be, oh, I don't know, a $100 million lawsuit or something. So this is what these people are doing these days.
3: Is the next step, if if someone breaks into my house and takes my gun, then I'm responsible too? Is that is that coming?
0: Oh, absolutely. It's already a law in some places. If you don't have it locked up in your house. If somebody breaks into your house and steals your gun, then somehow you have become responsible for everything that happens with that gun. Notice now, they don't do the same thing if somebody steals your car. Oh, I was just about to go there.
1: I was just about to bring that up.
0: But, Tom,
3: I want my gun handy out in case I'm in danger. I want the gun out on my side table when I go to bed at night. And I don't want it in a it, it, locked box. I mean, that's what you've told I, me all these years.
0: If it's not available to you, it does you no good. Now, now on <laughs> the other hand, you. as a responsible gun owner, you don't leave a loaded gun in your house when you're not there right. where people could get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, either unload it or stick it in a locked box. If you're in the immediate control of the gun, it could be, should be, and in my case it always is, loaded and ready to go but I'm not going to leave it in my house so if somebody breaks in, they can take it. And once again, that's where education comes in. You know, they keep telling us education works. How about spend some dollars on this and educate people on safe gun storage?
3: This bill has no chance in Louisiana. I mean, we have a supermajority in both houses now, not a chance of passing, correct?
0: Correct. It's not going anywhere. But what it is, and I'm glad you guys are talking about it, It is a chance to hold up to everybody what's actually going on from the gun ban organizations out there. And they are spending millions of dollars to introduce these kinds of things. And if you're not paying attention, these kind of things can and do slip through in the legislature sometimes.
1: But you made a great point earlier. They're just doing everything they can to make it as hard as possible to own and carry a gun.
0: Well, and sometimes they will actually say it. They'll slip up and say, "Yes, of course." The goal is to get rid of all the guns. And then one of the other gun banners says, "Oh, shh, sh- sh- don't say that. We can't say that. We're only after the oh yeah, the bad gun." You know, they categorize there are good guns and bad right. guns. Well, of course yeah. that's idiotic, but that's their plan. Is we'll frighten people about one particular category of gun, get them to agree to the agree to the idea that there are good guns and bad guns, and then of course the category of bad guns is infinitely expandable.
1: Tom Gresham, host of Gun Talk, heard on Keele every Sunday, 1 to 4. Tom, what do you have coming up this weekend?
0: I'll actually be doing the show today, recording it on the floor of the NRA show. We're going to have a parade of people from various gun companies telling us what's new because they've got uh, like 13 acres of floor of gun makers here. So all of that will be broadcast this Sunday, new stuff from the NRA annual meetings in Indianapolis.
3: Tom Gresham, host of Gun Talk. Thanks for your time.
0: Thank you guys. Mm-hmm.
1: 1017F. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike M. McCarty. Thank you to Tom Gresham talking with us. I, I asked him about, uh, if you missed the last segment, we were talking about this new legislation being uh, uh, introduced about holding a gun owner responsible. If somebody breaks into their locked car mm-hmm. and commits a crime, then you are being charged with a felony uh, as being responsible for that crime. And I asked him the difference between what is this and let's say a bartender serving uh over serving you know, a patron. Well I knew that. I was I it was it sounded like you, you were would... you
3: were comparing them like there was no difference. No 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 the, no, no, oh, no that's not what huge I meant. Difference. No, yeah. there's
1: because a bartender willingly is providing that alcohol.
3: And can see the and person's yes. condition. Now, you can't see somebody that's gonna come break into your car.
1: And and I, now I will say you can't always tell when somebody's really impaired mm-hmm. uh, my Irish history I you know back in my day i could I could consume quite a bit mm-hmm. and still function perfectly normally so but there there's a huge difference oh yeah and i and I made the comment also earlier about you know if somebody breaks into your car, even if it's locked. Now the legislation says unlocked car. Right, exactly. So if you lock your car and the windows busted out, then from what I understand, you're not held mm-hmm. responsible. But but my point is, don't leave a gun in your car. You know, but like but they Tom said, said, you have to. There are places, right? You you know, you go, you to, go your to the kid's airport school. and you got to pick up you know pick up the the wife from the airport. Mm-hmm. You can't take your gun in.
3: Yeah, there are lots of no gun zone, there are gun a lot free of places, zones, right? So you can't take it in; you got to leave it in the car. And but the legislation—it's not going to pass. It's It's, bad idea. And to me, for the lawmakers who've proposed it, you get five bills this session. It's a fiscal session only, so lawmakers get only five bills that are not fiscally related. And to propose one that you know is dead on arrival is just political lip service. Yeah. I mean, you're wasting your time. Right. Don't you have a better bill to propose for your area of the state than something you know that is dead on arrival?
1: Well, I think this is one of those instances where this person could go, they're, you know, they're basically, quote, padding their resume. Yeah, they're they posturing. Say, hey, I tried to I, do this. Exactly. And it got voted down, mm-hmm. but this is what I tried to do.
3: Or they're doing what the, you know, the anti-gun lobby wants them to do because right. that's, that's who they cater to and... And it's it's got no chance.
1: Tom made a great point and, and I this doesn't really apply to our listeners because that's one of the things they're doing. Somebody not keeping up though, Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't understand how you can't keep up with, with things that are going on right. that affect your life and, mm-hmm. and you know, the left is going to pass it and, and try to get as much things
3: slipped by you as they can. Yeah, I saw yesterday, and, and I, I hate to switch gears a little bit, but the Legislative Black Caucus had a big gathering on the steps of the Capitol yesterday. And one of them actually came forward and said, um, the day we took God out of our schools uh, and corporal punishment out of our schools things started to go downhill well who took god and corporal punishment out of our schools it wasn't the republicans
1: right yes i agree with you it
3: it it was you know it was the left wing folks who right. screamed and hollered to get god out of our schools and so now you're changing your tune legislative black caucus you want god back in the schools well maybe you better go preach to your aclu and to those other groups who rallied to get god out of the schools but you'll never get it back in now
1: well, you know, no, I mean, it'd be hard. We're too busy letting drag queens
3: perform obscene acts in front of four and five year olds. But I was shocked to see somebody from the legislative black caucus say that, and I thought, "Huh?" I a scratching my head, going, "Oh, you want God back in the schools?" Most of the groups on your side don't believe like that. Right. Yeah, and just uh, just a little heads up. Oh, why'd you make me say that? <sighs> You pibbed me up, and I'm trying to close out. You got
1: me going, too. We're heading into a Friday. We're supposed to be having fun. Yes, exactly. The weekend. Mm -hmm.
3: Big weekend plans, by the way? I'm actually going to be playing in that poker tournament at Bally's. I'm going to be doing that for the weekend. Um, Can I borrow some money, by the way?
1: Uh, I'll let you have everything on me.
3: Ruben, can I have some what does money? That
1: tell you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you're doing what? And you're doing? You're chilling.
1: I am. I'm chilling. wife freeze
3: zone this weekend, huh?
1: I'm, I'm chilling. I, I will do some yard work, which I'm. I don't. I, I like doing yard work. Yeah. I love my yard. I love how I do my yard.
3: Storms coming tomorrow, though, so you oh, better get it right. done today. Oh, that's right. Get out there today and get her done.
1: <laughs> get her done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a great weekend, Mike and McCarty. Reuben, right? One zero one seven.